Hi, and welcome to Pursue Wisdom, the teaching podcast of Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. I'm Paul Steele. I'm the pastor here at Bethlehem Church, and we're providing this as a resource for you and your spiritual formation. We realize that God has called us for the one task of making disciples, and we want to help people in that as much as we can. And so we're providing two times a week uh, teachings that will help you in your discipleship, in your spiritual formation. And on Thursday nights, we've been going through a series uh, entitled The Greats as we look at the expectation God has for his people. And so what you're about to hear is my message. It's the second in the series of The Greats, where we talk about loving your neighbor as yourself. And as we love God and as that becomes our foundation, We build upon that, the reality of loving one another, loving those around us. And that is something that we need to do. God expects us to be people of love. And so we need to learn to love, love one another and love those that we come into contact along the way. I hope you enjoy it. God bless. Our scripture reading today is from Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 25. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. What does God expect from his people? How does God expect us to live? I think this is a great question for us to consider, and it's what we are considering here on Thursday evening during our time of worship. How does God expect us to live? And last week, we laid the foundation of it all, because it all starts at a very particular point, and that is that we are to love God. We are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is what we are to do. So how else are we to live? What else are we to add to that? When we consider the words of the Bible, we realize and we remember that you and I 
are created in God's image. God created us and we are special in his creation. And if we're to love God with everything that we have, that means that we are going to love the things that God loves. That we're going to put value on the people, on the, on the, on, on the people, on, on the things that God values. And that comes out into the way that we live. See, if we're truly loving God, then we are going to love God his creation. We're going to help those around us. When I was a pastor in Storm Lake, uh, Iowa, there was one day I got a phone call from a man who was having some medical problems, which led to some incontinence. And he was low on funds. He couldn't afford to buy what he needed to. And he was just calling different churches to see if anybody would help. And so I, I said I would go help, uh, help him. I, I went to Walmart, got what he needed, and, and went and dropped him off at his apartment, had a little conversation with him because he had been treated badly. He had been overlooked by the church. Uh, he, he was thinking that what he was going through was God's punishment on him. And we had this time of, of conversation and prayer. And as I look back on that, I realize that one of the reasons why that's important is if I was in that situation, I would want someone to help me. See, we have, we all have this desire or this expectation that we will be treated well. See, we come into almost any relationship, any interaction with another person with the default expectation that we're going to be treated well. That is what we expect, that people are going to treat us well. And if that is our expectation, then we need to treat other people well as, as well. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, and this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' manifesto of what it means to be a citizen in the kingdom. This is what Jesus says. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is what we call the golden rule. Do unto others what you would have them do to you. So treat people the way that you want to be treated. Jesus tells us that this is how we fulfill the law and the prophets. You, we, we fulfill the law and the prophets not by coming up with this long list of extra laws and regulations that we have to keep. No, we keep the law. We fulfill the law and the prophets by loving by one another, by, by uh, treating one another with kindness and patience and, and, and graciousness. That is how we keep the law. And that's God's expectation for us, is that we treat one another with love, with respect. We help those who are in need. So the golden rule sums up all the law and the prophets. All the law and the prophets. If we want to keep the commands of God, we have to obey them. We have to obey them. And one of the commands that God has, that he has given to his people, is found in Leviticus chapter 19, 
verse 18. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. This is what is written. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Love your neighbor as yourself. Don't go and hold grudges. Don't go seek revenge. Don't do that. Rather, treat the other person, treat other people the way that you want to be treated. Don't go out and and cause them harm because they may have caused you harm. No, stop the cycle of violence. Stop, uh, stop, you know, this, this, uh, this uh, way of living that, that causes harm on one another. Now, you can do something different by loving those around you, loving your neighbor as yourself. And so last week, we looked at this time when, when Jesus, in, in Matthew, when Jesus was asked this question, out of all the, the laws, what is the most important? What is the most important? Remember, there are 613 laws in, in the Old Testament. And so which one is the most important? And Jesus goes back and he, he, he takes this, this law that's called the Shema. It's, it's something that, that Orthodox Jews would, would pray. And it was part of their life. And they recognized its importance. And so Jesus said, this is important. But not only does he take that, but he adds a second to it. And so this is what Jesus says. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So what's the most important one? To, to keep, what are we to do? We are to love God. We're to keep the Shema. And we're to add to that, to love our neighbor as ourselves. The two go together. And just as Jesus said that the golden rule to treat other people the way that you want to be treated, sums up the law and the prophets. Jesus says these two things, as we love God and as we love one another, we sum up the law and the prophets. Again, this isn't about if we want to keep the law, if we want to be faithful to the covenant that God has established with us, the key isn't that we come up with more regulations, with more things to do. No, the key is that we love. We love him and we love others. That is what we're to do. That is what we are to do. But this leads us to the question, right? Who is our neighbor? And that's what we find happening in, in Luke. So in Luke, there was this time when, when a, a religious leader, an expert in the law, comes up to Jesus. And he asks Jesus this very same question. What is the most important commandment? And rather than answering this time, Jesus says, he asks him, well, what do you think is the greatest commandment? 
And he replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, what Jesus did was not necessarily radical. It was already something that was part of Jewish culture. There was already people within uh, Jesus's time that put these two commands together, to love God, to love people. And then when Jesus says, yeah, you've answered correctly, that's what you're supposed to do. This religious leader, this expert in the law, then asks the question, well, who is my neighbor? Who am I to love? Okay, I understand kind of how I am to love God, but who is my neighbor? How am, who am I to love? Who am I to extend my kindness and my compassion and my forgiveness to? And so Jesus goes on and he tells a parable. This is what he says. Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 30. And reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of all his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. When he went, went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So here we have three individuals, three individuals who see this guy on the road who's beaten up, who's wounded. Now, what's surprising is you have two very sympathetic uh, characters people who would have seemed to be at the top of those who are part of God's kingdom, those who love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then you have one who is totally at the bottom. So the priest and the Levite are held in high regard. They are the ones who serve in the temple Right, The priests are the ones who offer the sacrifice. The Levites are the ones that keep the the day-to-day running of the temple going. They're both very influential and they're highly respected. And so when they come onto the scene, you are expecting that they will teach you who their neighbor is, who they are to love. But instead... What they do is that they see this man on the side of the road, all beaten up, left for dead, and they cross to the other side of the road. Rather than having love for him, rather than having compassion in their heart, they are motivated by something else. We don't know. We're not really for sure. I mean, a lot of people think that it's because that by going 
to him and helping him, they're going to make themselves unclean, unfit to serve in the temple for a period of time. And they don't want to do that. Is that the reason? We don't know. For whatever reason, they, they look at this guy and they're like, that's not worth the risk. My life is more important. But let's just put themselves in that position. If they were the one on the side of the road, if they were the one who was beaten up, right? wouldn't they want someone to stop and sacrifice and help them? That's why the third character, the Samaritan, is the surprising hero of the story. Remember, Samaritans and Jews do not get along. Samaritans are half-breeds. They have some Jewish lineage, but they also have, uh, have Gentile blood mixed in. And they kind of worship God. They kind of follow some of the Old Covenant stuff, and they kind of don't. And, and so there's great animosity. There's great conflict between Jews and Samaritans. And the Jews would have seen them on the outside. They would, not have, they would not have accepted them as being part of God's people. So how in the world is the Samaritan going to do the law, keep the law better than these two, the priest and the Levite? How, how is he going to do that? But he is the one, Jesus says, who sees the man on the side of the road and has compassion on him. There's something that moves within his heart that says this man needs to be taken care of. And so the Samaritan man does what needs to be done. He does, he, he bandages up the wounds as best as he can. He takes him to an inn. He takes care of them, of him. He, he when he gets ready to leave the next day, he pays for his expenses so he can stay there and rest and recover. He is the one that is demonstrating what it means to be a neighbor, to love your neighbor. So, so what does it look like to love your neighbor as yourself? It looks like going and helping and serving those around you, regardless of who they are, regardless of whether or not you agree with their lifestyle, regardless of not or not if they made bad choices to get in the position where they're at. That's not up to us. Our, what's up to us is to love them, to help them, to be kind to them, to show them compassion to treat them the way that we want to be treated. The Samaritan isn't just the neighbor in this story. He is the example. So when, when Jesus asked the religious leader, hey, who is the neighbor? The religious leader says, well, the one. He came and said the Samaritan, the one who showed kindness. He's the neighbor. And then what does Jesus tell him? You go and do likewise. You go and do likewise. You be like the Samaritan. 
Your job isn't to be like the, the, the priest. Your job isn't to be like the Levite who ignored the man along, on, uh, along, on, alongside the road, but rather you are to be like the Samaritan who had compassion on him and helped him out. That is what you are to do. See, we are to expand our definition of who is our neighbor. We want to, just like this religious leader does, we want to to close it and make it as small as possible so we have the greatest chance of success. We don't want to love people who make us uncomfortable, people who we don't really know what to do with. No, we want to love the people who are like us. And Jesus is saying, that's not an option. If you truly want to love your neighbor, then you need to expand who your neighbor is. Your neighbor is anybody who you come into contact with and you are to treat them the way that you want to be treated. You are to love them the way that you want to be loved. You are to respect them the way that you want to be respected. That is God's expectation for our lives. So here's our big idea today. We are to love everyone the way we desire to be loved. We are to love everyone the way we desire to be loved. That's what we are to do. And I know that's hard and that's going to cause some sacrifice, right? This Samaritan guy, he had to sacrifice. He sacrificed whatever he was doing in the moment to care for this man. He sacrificed two silver coins to take care of him. It's going to require some sacrifice. And it's not always going to be easy. But this is what God has asked us to do. This is the expectation that he has placed on his people. That's the expectation he has placed on us. And so our challenge is this, to show love to someone created in God's image. To show love to someone created in God's image. So this week, figure something out. How can you show love to another person? Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody who you have this broken relationship with and you need to to get that fixed. You need to to work on some reconciliation. Maybe it's a stranger and you see a stranger in need and you say, hey, this is my opportunity to show them love. Whatever it is, what can you do to show love to someone created in God's image this week? And as we come to this, kind of close this all up, I want us to consider three three questions. And the first question is this. When was a time somebody showed you unexpected kindness? When was a time when someone showed you unexpected kindness? And how did that make you feel? When was someone, when was a time when someone showed you unexpected kindness? And how did that make you feel? Question two, is there somebody within your life that you just kind of say in your heart, man, I can't love them. I just cannot love them. They're unlovable. Why do you feel that way? Is there someone in your life that you just say is unlovable? I can't love them. 
Why do you feel that way? Question three, what is one thing you can do to improve your love for people? What is one thing you can do to improve your love for people? So three questions. When was the time somebody showed you unexpected kindness and how did that make you feel? Is there someone in your life that you just find unlovable and why do you feel that way? And question three, what is one thing you can do this week or that you can focus on that will improve your love for people? Hey Bethlehem, thank you for, for listening. Thank you for being part of our church family. We want to be people who are known for our love. Jesus says that we will be known to be his disciples because of our love for one another. We want to work and be intentional on our love because that is how we demonstrate God's character. That is how we keep the law and the prophets. Let's go and be people of love. God bless. Hey, I hope that that message was inspiring, encouraging to you. And uh, my one ask in all of this is if if this podcast has been beneficial to you, if it's if it's helped you in your spiritual formation, that you go to our website, uh, BethlehemChurchAustin.com and give. And uh, that helps us to not only put on the podcast, uh, but also to do the work of making disciples. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being a partner with us in this task. Have a wonderful week and God bless.